everywhere. In every part of the city, people set to work. Young girls in summer frocks, youth and age together, even the children, children of war. Patriots were able to organize a highly effective resistance to the Germans. My name's Nick Lowells and I'm CEO of Hope Not Hate Charitable Trust. It's hard to comprehend now what happened in World War II. The mass extermination of, of, of a race of people, the killing of people who didn't fit into the national socialist worldview, the tens of millions of people who died, civilians and soldiers, the devastation it brought to a continent of people. World War II extended way beyond Europe, but obviously it was here that national socialism, Nazism, fascism reared its head. An ideology that was supremacist and expansionist and nationalist in its outlook, that, that decided to wipe out an entire race of people in a genocidal fashion that we hadn't seen in Europe before. I'm Gemma Levine and I'm Deputy Director of Hope Not Hate Charitable Trust. Resistance doesn't always mean violence. Sometimes it does and sometimes it means, you know, violent disruption. Sometimes I think we can we forget that resistance can be something that you can't actually put your finger on. It can be spiritual resistance. It could be not losing the will to live. That in itself was a resistance in the camps. You know, it can be saying, you know, I don't care what you do to me, I am a Jew, or, you know, I am a gypsy, or I, I am gay. This is me. I'm not losing my identity because of what you're putting me through. You know, that's resistance in and of itself. And, and, and I think, you know, we don't, it's hard to quantify what that is and what that feels like. But it's, it, you know, in terms of you talk to survivors, that was a real thing and that kept people alive. Hitler's orders condemned Frenchmen to die. Here, the Germans committed murder without the assistance of Monsieur le Président de Lise. At Romainville, before going, they shot indiscriminately these French men and women, thus leaving behind them their world-famous signature. Brutality, bestiality, death. The Heroes of the Resistance is designed to remember and commemorate all those people who fought against Nazism and fascism in World War II. We decided to do it because we all knew in pre-pandemic world, governments would remember the war through art, the story of armies, through the story of conflict. But what we wanted to do was to remember the ordinary people who stood up to Nazism and fascism in whatever way, be it through armed resistance and sabotage, be it through acts of disobedience, be it through industrial action and, and non-compliance, be it even with carrying on with the ordinary daily lives and refusing to be bowed by, by the hatred of Nazism and fascism. This is about us remembering our history. This is about us remembering and learning from our history. And when we say never again, we mean never again. But one thing which Hope Not Hate has been particularly interested in this year has been looking at the, the regular people, the heroes of the resistance. World War II showed the horrors of human nature and what human beings can do. 
but it also showed the best as well. Ordinary people stood up to racism, fascism, nationalism and war. They did that in a whole number of ways. Did you get any clues at our previous interviews? No. Well, I made a guess. It seems to have been wrong. What was it? Some sort of commander work, but obviously if Miss Williams is involved. As a matter of fact, your guess wasn't so far out. Commando work isn't a bad way of describing it. I want you both to go to occupied France. France? How? By sea or air, only you won't be going in uniform. What do we do when we get there? Organize resistance, act as liaison officers with London. What are you working together? I hope so. At a time when racism, nationalism, authoritarianism is on the rise today, we've got to remember those who sacrificed so much, who gave up their lives, gave up their possessions, gave up everything to fight the appalling ideologies of racism and, and fascism. We also got to remember that many of the things that we take for granted now, human rights, our liberties, our freedoms, was only possible because of the actions of millions and millions of ordinary people all across Europe. All too often the history of war is remembered through armies and battles and big conflicts. But actually what really happened was the resistance of ordinary people who said no, who said no to fascism, who said no to racism. We have to remember those both to celebrate what they did and everything they stood for, but also to remind ourselves now that we face an ongoing struggle against hatred today. We need to use their stories to motivate us, to uplift us, to mobilize us for the future. There is no place for hatred in society. In our work, we highlight the wide range of forms of resistance. They told us in the most gentlemanly manner how to organize our private lives as saboteurs, how to burgle a house, how to get out of handcuffs. They told us almost apologetically about lethal tablets, suicide pills, to be taken only as a last resort. We made notes about organization and personal security. Learned how to recognize all ranks of the German services. Told how to use codes. How the BBC sent personal messages during the French news. The organization of the Gestapo. Until our brains reeled under the load of information. Of course, in, in our history books and in our films, we remember and we celebrate those who took up armed resistance. And clearly, many people did. But also there were other forms of resistance as well. And our, our report and our project co covers all of this. So one of the stories I was looking at as we were researching this report was that of the Cook sisters. Their story begins with the opera. And one day, one of them accidentally ended up in a evening class about music. And she just came home and took her savings and bought a record player. I said to her sister, like, you've got to listen to this. And that's how it started. Through their connections, because they were completely mad about opera, came to realize more, perhaps more, more early than other people what was really going on in Germany and across Europe. But they kind of like naively blundered into this world. So they literally hung around at Seychelles and said, we're Superman. So they, they wrote to them and said, you know, we're in London, but we're saving up to come see you. And I'm going to let you know when we're coming. And when they did get there, because they'd been in touch, you know, these opera stars were like, oh, you're here, wonderful. You know, come and have dinner with us. And, and that's how it all started. Because then they said, you know, we've got a friend and, and she's trying to get to London and can she travel with you? And, you know, it was kind of like that. The first person they smuggled in, they didn't even know what they were doing. It was only when they got, when she got back to London, it turned out that she was Jewish, that they realized they'd saved somebody. They were completely unlikely, like, 
accidental heroes. It's just bizarre. There are those who hid people, who protected people, who gave people food um, and helped people to move around and move out of countries. There were those workers and uh, who, who went on strike, those ordinary people who protested publicly at huge personal risk to themselves. There were those who were involved in espionage. There were those who were involved in the underground printing, the propaganda to keep spirits up, but also to challenge the myth of German supremacy. Warsaw took the lead again. Her hidden printing shops began to turn out periodicals, over 180 of them. Paper had to be stolen from the Germans, so had the printing ink. Our story is about all those people and many, many more. There are amazing stories of, of men, women, children who defied Hitler and, and the Nazis. By means of sabotage and general strikes in June, July and August 1944, the Danes were able to stop the Germans from deporting workers to work in the German war factories. The history of resistance is complex and it played out in different ways in different countries. Obviously in some countries the memory of the resistance lived long beyond the end of World War II and still burns strongly today in those countries. But in other countries that isn't the case, either because there was less resistance in those countries or because there was more controversial wartime histories and occupations. It might be Vichy France, it might be the Eastern Europe, where you had the, the challenges of German forces, but also Soviet forces. You also had resistance fighters who were both anti-Semitic and fought the Nazis at, at the same time. So there's a complex history that has been shaped not only by events during the war, but particularly by the post-war period and, and, the, and the Cold War itself. The story that I liked personally was the attack on the 20th convoy in Belgium. The 20th convoy was the 20th train taking mainly Jews, but also resistance fighters to concentration camps. This train was taking over a thousand people to Auschwitz. Three young resistance fighters armed with one pistol held up the train, overpowered 17 German soldiers and freed 223 people. It was the only successful attack on a train going to a concentration camp. I found the heroism of these three young men unbelievable, and I also found it inspiring. They were motivated out of a desire to help and a desire to free people. And, and what I found most uplifting about it is that they didn't even recognize what the magnitude of what they'd done. As soon as they had done that, they went into hiding and then they started doing it all over again. It was an amazing story. Resistant means rejection of Nazism and fascism in this context. And it can take whatever form. It can take armed resistance, it can take sabotage, but also it can take living one's daily lives. I mean, through this story, we heard of people who played music in concentration camps to keep spirits up, to keep their identity. That's resistance as well. It can take whatever form. Whether it's here in the UK, you know, post-pandemic, we're gonna, there's gonna be tough times ahead. Um, and then you think about, you know, other persecuted groups, the Uyghurs, the Rohingyas, and, you know, we can't stop. We have to continue in that tradition. There is so much to do to fight for justice for everybody. 
Um, so I guess reading about all of these heroes, you kind of think, you know, especially the ones who the unlikely heroes, you realise anybody can do it. Anybody can stand up and make a difference. So yeah, kind of really lovely to work on such a project because it it does it gives you that it gives you that resilience. It kind of fuels everything that we need to do next. This is about us remembering our history. This is about us remembering and learning from our history. And when we say never again, we mean never again. <laughs>